Welcome to Always West Seattle, the podcast where people, places, and happenings of West Seattle come together in one place. I'm your host, Keith Bacon, and this is our second episode coming to you from the Alaska Junction where this podcast is based. I started Always West Seattle to get more involved with my neighborhood, to highlight and interact with the people, places, and events that make this community so interesting. And boy, did I not count on a coronavirus really throwing a wrench into the monkey works. I actually considered whether or not to launch this podcast at all, because the day it was supposed to go live, the news reports about COVID-19 were getting weirder and grimmer. But on that day, I got together with Keisha Vaughn, one of my collaborators on this project, and after we did some recording, I felt like, okay, we can do this. And then later that day, the news got even weirder. All the content we'd recorded about local West Seattle events went right out the window as everything was being canceled. And everyone's being told to stay home, keep your distance, the exact opposite of what I set out to do here. This project is in some ways something I've been trying to make happen for nearly a decade since the day I first moved to Seattle. And you would not believe the things that have come up every single time I got close to making it happen. Major stuff like my mom getting cancer, or my dad having a heart attack, or having all my work taken by a collaborator and repurposed for their own project. And as I got closer to the finish line, I was seriously wondering what will it be this time? definitely did not imagine an unprecedented global health crisis. But so many people have encouraged me to do something like this for years, and I needed this kind of challenge, something to take me out of my comfort zone. So after all the effort to get this up and running, I'm going to try to keep it going and see where it leads. Definitely veering off from my original plan for this podcast to be about West Seattle events, and just kind of winging it to see where things go. I don't know what the future holds, but who does at this point? Whoever did, let's find out together. I would love to hear your thoughts and ideas. You can reach me via email by writing to Keith at alwayswestseattle.com or find us on Facebook. And please note that the all in our name is spelled with two L's as the name is in reference to the intersection of Alaska and California streets in the Alaska Junction, where we have one of only two walk always intersections in the city of Seattle. Okay, here we go. Here's a fun fact. March 30th is Take a Walk in a Park Day. And taking a walk in a park is a perfect activity for West Seattleites looking for some peace and social distancing. So I went to the Always intersection in the Alaska Junction to conduct an informal poll of favorite parks in West Seattle. And here's what people had to say. My favorite park in West Seattle is Lincoln Park, and I like it because it's a nice place to go on an afternoon for a walk, and it's a lot of place to move around. Also, I really love the pool. It's on the beach. Schmidt Park. I like that it's not very crowded until this podcast comes out, right? And that it's pretty natural. Like, there's just a few paths. Um, it's also got a lot of variation in terrain, so you go upward sometimes. Sometimes the paths are really wide. Uh, it's got running water, lots of birds. I literally just moved here, so my only park that I've really been to is Lincoln Park. But it's walkable from my house, and I like that because it goes down this like zigzaggy back road, so you feel like you're way outside of Seattle getting there. Uh, and then you get a nice waterfront view. It's great. Yeah. Definitely Lincoln Park. I also live by it. <laughs> yeah, we- I take my dog there every week, so it's great. Lincoln Park. Excellent playground. Lincoln Park, um, just because it's there's forest and it's on the water and there's playgrounds for kids. 
Lincoln Park is by far our favorite park because we can uh, walk from our house. We live like below Endeline Joe's there, and and it's a nice walk and and a beautiful view of the mountains and the water. Schmidt's Park because no one knows about it. Lincoln Park because it combines the forest and the beach. Um, probably my favorite park is just all of Alki Beach because I grew up down there and I love running along the beach and just being down at the wild water. Lincoln Park. Um, I think it's nice because it has the beach down below and then there's like a bunch of wooded area. There's like a big playground with a like a zip line or a, yeah, a small zip line for kids, but it's still fun and it's an adult. Um, and it's never too busy. It's like it's not like Alki, like the beach area. Is not ever packed with people, and you can see the ferries. There's really pretty views. It's one over at High Point, the new one. It has a huge soccer field, and they just redid the the playground. It's like hidden away, and there's not a lot of cars. Or you know, Lincoln Park is also a pretty good one too. I like Schmitz because I can. Um, walk there and it looks like I'm out in the middle of nowhere and it's super relaxing that way. The cars sound like the ocean. It's great for taking photos. I feel like I'm alone. It's a wonderful place. Lincoln Park. Good memories. It was Lincoln Park by a landslide and for good reason. It's one of Seattle's largest parks and it's got something for everyone with nearly five miles of walking paths, close to five miles of bike trails, a mile of beach with picnic shelters, acres of play fields, and my personal favorite feature, Coleman Pool. It's an outdoor saltwater heated pool that's open in the summer with spectacular views of the Puget Sound. And though just about everyone knows and loves Lincoln Park, a lot of people don't know that the headland it occupies is called Williams Point. Before that, the Duwamish indigenous people called this area Tight Bluff, referring to the dense plants, which you'll still find in some of the old-growth canopy that is also home to over 300 species of birds, including an albino crow that's been spotted in the park recently. Have you seen it? Let us know on our Facebook page, and let us know what your favorite park is in West Seattle and what else you love about this neighborhood. You can send an email to Keith at alwayspodcast.com or find us on Facebook. And remember, that's always with two L's. Joining me now on Always West Seattle is Keisha Vaughn. How's it going, Keisha? I'm good. How are you, Keith? Very well, thank you. Uh, do you have a favorite park in West Seattle? I mean, I'm Alki, so going to like Whale Tail is always convenient. Mm -hmm. You live on Alki. I live on Alki, mm -hmm. but that park, like the whale, the metal whale that's coming up out of the ground, stresses me out. <laughs> So I like it out of convenience, but this metal whale that the children like to climb on and then jump off of stresses me out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm going to say no to that one. So it's the children that are actually stressing you out, not the whale itself. The not whale's the just whale. It's the material. It's like metal and it's huge and like... It just doesn't seem safe. <laughs> and, and for me in general, like a lot of parks, there's certain, um, you know, what are they called? Structures that mm -hmm. the children play on mm -hmm. that part of me is like, I get anxious in general watching them like swing on these things thinking like, oh my God, they're going to fall. They're going to yeah. snap their arm off. This is a broken leg waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. So 
Maybe the real reality is my level of anxiety. I got gotcha. you. In, yeah. in relation to parks mm-hmm. is higher than I need it to be. <laughs> um, but then there's like that cute one that's on 35th. That's is, is that right over here? It's like a climbing one. It's more like. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I know, well, we live by Holy Rosary. They have a big crazy climbing thing in there. That school, one's cute. School playground. Um, but I, uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the stuff in there. It's more like webby and like, you know, uh, spider webby looking yeah. like climbing. It's more focused on climbing, mm-hmm. but then there's always like bees all over the place. <laughs> I'm probably not helping about what parks are good. Just yeah. giving you the FYI's. Favorite on. parks to stay away from. <laughs> Favorite parks to avoid <laughs> and why. So if your child is allergic to bees, uh-huh. that one is a no. That Okay. Lincoln Park is cool. Mm-hmm. I like it because there's options and yeah. you can walk and all that stuff. But then there's all these like ravens. So it feels oh, a little yeah. spooky. Mm-hmm. A very Edgar Allan Poe-ish. Very. So if, you're, if your child is, you know, a little nightmare before Christmas kind of kid. <laughs> take them down there. Take them down there. Do the, do the, the what's the zip line. Uh, so what are you serving up today in Keisha's hot dish? Oh my gosh. Well, I was thinking in my mind, like, you know, this kind of aspect of parks and kids and things like that. And that this woman came in the cafe the other day with her, I'm going to say two-year-old, three-year-old. Mm-hmm. And the child was eating tofu and drinking chamomile out of a coffee mug. How refined. And I said to myself, anything is possible. Like, this is... And the child was cheering his mug with his mother. And I just thought to myself... I'm going to step it up this week. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to see if I can like do something amazing with my children on a culinary level. Uh-huh. Um and just try it. Like I don't know. Maybe my kids will sit and drink chamomile. Yeah, what what do you what do you have in mind for them? I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> my son was really um impressed that during midwinter break that he uh drank root beer mm-hmm. and was eating fancy cheese. Like oh. he was really like surprised with himself. Like, I don't know what's going on with me. Look at me, I'm drinking root beer and eating <laughs> fancy cheese. And I was like, Okay, okay. Uh-huh. So it kind of gave me hope. And now seeing this child mm-hmm. drinking chamomile yeah. and, and eating tofu and was sitting in like a booster seat. Mm-hmm. Kind of let me know, like, okay. What what was the child wearing? Were they dressed in a... He had, a, like, a little beanie thing. He was very, you know, Patagonia Northwest, uh-huh. you know, child. <laughs> um, maybe you're listening, you're the mother, and you're like, that sounds like me and my kid. Uh-huh. I was impressed with you. Oh, we salute you. We salute you and your <laughs> healthy Northwest child. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. You're welcome. That's the dish. <laughs> <laughs> Another activity you can enjoy while maintaining your social distance and supporting your local West Seattle businesses is digging into some music, and we're super lucky to have Easy Street Records holding down the fort here in the Alaska Junction. Like a lot of people, I also rely on streaming services to keep the music flowing in my life, and I love making playlists on Spotify for myself and to share with friends. So I made a playlist with four songs to get you through the next two weeks, because this podcast is reborn every two weeks on the first and third Wednesday of the month. I'm calling the playlist the Always West Seattle 2x4, with a bonus track selection from Easy Street Records. 
Matt Vaughn, the beloved owner and operator of Easy Street, was going to join me here to discuss this first ever Always West Seattle compilation of tunes, but he got caught up dealing with all the crazy that's going on in our area. Fortunately for me, I have a resident music expert and opinion holder right under my roof. It's my husband, Coriette and Hale. Hello. Hi. Thanks for joining me here on my podcast. <clears throat> it's a deep pleasure. Great. So uh, let's talk about the tunes on the playlist. The first one, The World's a Mess, It's In My Kiss by X. And I guess you would be a better person than Matt Vaughn to ask, is it in my kiss? Well, my question really for you is, are they talking about the taste or the technique? Oh, gosh, I don't know. That's, that is a good question. <laughs> That's what I wonder. Um, notable West Seattleite Eddie Vedder joined X at the Showbox last fall, uh, and he performed a devil doll with them on stage, which was pretty cool. We should have been there. I was. Oops. I was there with Jenny. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was probably watching Netflix. Yeah. Uh, the next track, Clean Clean by The Buggles. And uh, this, you know, everyone is trying to be as clean as humanly possible. If you have hand sanitizer, feel free to send us some. It is literally impossible to find, uh, not just in West Seattle, but anywhere. And uh, but So we're just doing the soap and water thing. But what do you think of that track? I liked it a lot. Um, oddly, I didn't know it. I knew The Buggles. But I uh, had never heard that track. Cool. Yeah. Well, the Buggles are kind of famous for uh, their song Video Killed the Radio Star, right? which was the first ever video shown on MTV. If you were a VJ in 1981 and you had the honor of choosing the debut tr- video, uh, who would you put? Uh, probably something by David Bowie. Yeah. Because he was good like that. Good pick. Maybe DJ by David Bowie. I thought you were going to say Let's Active, but... Oh, I don't think they were around in 1981. I suppose I wish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next track, Do You Want a Bump by Boney M. We're doing all the bumps here in West Seattle. (laughs) Fist bumps, elbow bumps. Feet bumps. Waves. Ankle bumps. Social. It's a new way to to say thanks without shaking anyone's hand. Uh, I'm not sure what kind of bumps Boney M had in mind. What do you think? I'm thinking probably... The uh, Grace Jones style. Oh. As in pull up to the... Oh, to the bumper. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think there's a little lexicon that we're not familiar with there. (laughs) Boney M reminds me of Christmas, and we need a little Christmas right this very minute. Amen. (laughs) Uh, The next track, It's All Right Now by Eddie Harris. My favorite part of this track is when the uptight white guy says, would you please move over? (laughs) And that is very much a vibe that is happening uh, everywhere, <laughs> even in our lovely, welcoming mm-hmm, neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I was out walking with my friend Curtis the other day, and there were some teenagers, you know, like waiting at the light, and he wa- wanted to sort of hold back and not stand near <laughs> with the light. It's like, they're teenagers. <laughs> Yikes. Beware. Did you hear that teenagers are calling coronavirus the uh, boomer remover? I did not hear that, (laughs) but I I was waiting for that. (laughs) Oh, kids. (laughs) And the Easy Street Records selection, which uh, was selected by me going into Easy Street Records and seeing it prominently displayed and saying, that's going to be the selection this time since Matt couldn't make it. I did run it by him and he was like, oh yeah, that's good. (laughs) Uh, Please Don't Kill Me by uh, Casa Overall with Joel Ross and Theo Croker from uh, Casa's album, I Think I'm Good. Uh, He is a Seattle-raised artist, and he's living in Brooklyn now. And he played uh, an in-store at Easy Street at the beginning of March and the Capitol Hill Block Party last summer. Nice. I had just discovered this guy today browsing Pitchfork, and 
then went back to your playlist and realized it was the final ah. fifth track. And I was like, oh, Keith's up on the biz. Well, it's not me. It's Easy Street <laughs> Records. I love the Diggable Planets vibes he's conjuring up here. It's like, you know, hip hop and jazz samples. And like, I like the uh, kind of low, lo-fi vocal yeah. that he's doing as well. Yeah. It's a unique sound. I like it. It's good. And that's it for the premiere edition of the Always West Seattle 2x4 playlist. Thanks, Corey Hinton, for listening and for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, anytime, uh, since we live here together. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure this won't be the last time I rope you in to my podcast. I appreciate Also, thank you for the incredible artwork that you uh, designed for the visual identity. Also a pleasure. Yeah, it's really good. I'm getting lots of compliments on it. So. (laughs) Um, You can find the playlist uh, on the Always West Seattle Facebook page. Uh, You can also find it on Spotify. Uh, Search for AWWS2X4. And uh, let me know what you think. Send me an email, Keith at alwayswestseattle.com. And of course, you can shop Easy Street Records in the Alaska Junction or online at easystreetonline.com. And right now, they're even offering local delivery. So give them a shout if you need some music brought directly to you. Seattle is often cited as one of the most literate cities in the country, and reading is something you might turn to while we're riding out the coronavirus wave. We checked in with Eric at Pegasus Books in the Junction to hear what's hot with West Seattle readers and his suggestion for a great read. My name is Eric here at Pegasus Book Exchange in West Seattle, just kind of bringing you some hot books of the past couple weeks here. Uh, The first one is Pale Rider about the Spanish flu of 1918 and how it changed the world. As you can tell, it's quite topical. A lot of people wanting to know about something that wiped out between 50 and 100 million people about 100 years ago. So that one's been quite hot. The Night Watchman by Louise Erdrich just came out in hardcover this week. It's her first release in some time uh, about First Nations people in North Dakota. So this one's set around 1953. It deals with a lot of the politics and stuff, how the First Nations people were treated and kind of um, not treated the best by our government, even though there were contracts telling them to take care of them. So that's a fictional story of that. And our employee picks of this next two weeks is The Overstory by Richard Powers. It won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's a personal recommendation. I quite enjoyed it. I love nature, and uh, it kind of talks about the balance between the people who are polarized by nature and those of us who feel like it's ours to own and those of us who feel like it's ours to enjoy. Uh, What the author did that was incredible was kind of toe the line and, and balance both sides to where you almost feel empathy for the other side, regardless of how you feel. And uh, the point that he really makes is that the, through the power of a story, you can change people's minds, not necessarily with facts or emotions, but really just a story. And uh, although it doesn't necessarily end well for almost any party, I think that kind of yields to how real it is, and that's what its mass appeal is. And finally, this author, Richard Powers, has had commercial success after years of not having it, so we're all really happy in the book industry for him. You can find Pegasus Books in the Alaska Junction or check out their new online shop at PegasusBookExchange.com. And that does it for the second episode of Always West Seattle. We're planning to be back on Wednesday, April 1st with an all-new episode, so don't be an April fool. Wash your hands and be sure to subscribe to get us on your device. I'm Keith Bacon, coming to you from the Alaska Junction in West Seattle. Stay safe, be kind, keep calm, and thanks for listening.